Hello, I'm Erica Spray. Welcome to our ongoing podcast series, Voices of VA Research. I'm speaking with Dr. Melissa Garrido, who is a health services researcher and health economist with the Geriatric Research Education and Clinical Center at the James J. Peters VA Medical Center in the Bronx, New York, and the Partnered Evidence-Based Policy Resource Center in Boston, Massachusetts. She is the recipient of a Career Development Award from the VA Office of Research and Development to help her examine the quality of mental health care provided to veterans with serious physical illnesses, such as advanced cancer or Hello, I'm Erica Spray. Welcome to our ongoing podcast series, Voices of VA Research. I'm speaking with Dr. Melissa Garrido, who is a health services researcher and health economist with the Geriatric Research Education and Clinical Center at the James J. Peters VA Medical Center in the Bronx, New York, and the Partnered Evidence-Based Policy Resource Center in Boston, Massachusetts. She is the recipient of a Career Development Award from the VA Office of Research and Development to help her examine the quality of mental health care provided to veterans with serious physical illnesses, such as advanced cancer or congestive heart failure. Welcome, Dr. Garrido. Can you tell me about your Career Development Award? So my CDA focuses on mental health care quality for veterans with serious physical illnesses, so illnesses such as advanced cancer or congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. And these are people with uh, limited life expectancy. Uh, and, and one of the goals of this project is really to understand needs for mental health care and the relationship between mental health care and health care utilization outcomes, um, such as ICU admissions or, or costs of care, among seriously ill patients. Uh, Another goal is to identify which veterans would benefit the most from which types of consultations, so either palliative care alone or palliative care in conjunction with specialty mental health care, um, and measure that benefit in terms of both reduced symptom burden and ICU admissions. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the goal is really to use existing data to help the VA and, and other health systems target resources to patients. Uh, with the greatest need for services. And uh, I chose this line of investigation for my CDA because there's a a really high prevalence of comorbid mental and serious physical illnesses among veterans. And there's really not a lot of evidence to guide care of psychological distress and mental illnesses at the end of life. Can you tell me how anxiety and depression affect chronic physical illness? Do they go hand in hand with a serious life-limiting illness? I think what's important to note that there's always going to be some concern about a serious illness. That, that's entirely normal. But clinical levels of mood disorders um, should not be expected for, for all patients. Mm-hmm. So this is the, becomes a case when distress is interfering with daily life and kind of affecting a patient's ability to, to do anything else. Um, so anxiety and depression are associated with symptom exacerbation, uh, poor pain control, reduced quality of life, and and also poor treatment adherence. Um, And there's really a reciprocal relationship between pain and depression. So worse pain can both precipitate depression, but if a person has depression, they may also report worse pain. Mm 
Um, the same with anxiety. Um, patients with anxiety might report more pain. Um, there's other symptoms um, such as dys dyspnea or shortness of breath mm -hmm. uh, that can lead to greater anxiety. Um, I think one type of anxiety, PTSD, deserves really special attention, mm -hmm. um, especially in the VA. So serious illness symptoms such as shortness of breath can remind patients of experiences that they endured in the military and, and might actually reactivate PTSD. Oh, wow. Um, and so the highest demand right now for, for PTSD care in the VA is from Vietnam veterans, um, and their risk of serious illness will increase with, with age. And uh, it's important to know that some, sometimes patients don't experience many symptoms until they are informed of a terminal prognosis. Um, so PTSD symptoms could include things like paranoia or hallucination-like episodes or maybe confrontational behavior. Mm -hmm. um, but in a, a life-limiting illness, these symptoms might be misdiagnosed and treated as delirium. Oh. Um, PTSD-related coping mechanisms also include avoidance, so this might lead a patient to ignore physical symptoms or try to avoid contact with clinicians or family caregivers, which might make their physical illness um, situation even worse. You said treating anxiety and depression in veterans with serious life-limiting illnesses can improve the quality of medical care they receive. Can it also reduce the cost of care? But 40% of patients with advanced cancer and other serious illnesses are experiencing um, at least symptoms of depression or anxiety. And at least one quarter of seriously ill veterans have a diagnosed mental illness at the time of hospitalization. Um, and, and like we were talking about before, all of these issues are associated with symptom exacerbation, mm -hmm. um, lower perceptions of pain control, uh, poor treatment adherence. So because they are worsening physical symptoms, Depression and anxiety are then associated with more um, inpatient and outpatient healthcare use, uh, including longer lengths of stay in the hospital, a higher likelihood of hospital readmission. Um, and at least among Medicare beneficiaries, so outside the VA, uh, depression and anxiety symptoms are associated with increased care use and increased inpatient, outpatient, and pharmaceutical costs. Mm -hmm. Um, and really, regardless of the impact on costs, it's important just to treat the, the conditions. And we have things like psychotherapy, psychological support that are really low-risk interventions. They can alleviate symptoms, you know, improve ratings of, of pain, and don't have a, a risk of interacting with, with other treatments. Are there other aspects of this problem that you might consider studying in the future? I think maybe just one other potential next step in, in this area um, beyond focusing maybe on more psychological distress that we can see in the text of, of medical records. The, the study I'm doing now, it, it doesn't look at spiritual distress mm -hmm. at all or at the role of chaplains in addressing both psychological and spiritual distress. Um, and a lot of veterans prefer to seek psychological support from chaplains rather than psychologists because there's chaplaincy has a, a, a large role in the military. They're, you know, chaplains are frequently assigned to commands. Uh, they're held to really strict confidentiality standards, stricter than those for, for psychologists. That's interesting. Um, so it makes them kind of a, a less stigmatizing right. source of emotional support. Um, so I, I think a more systematic investigation into what, what exactly chaplains 
are, are doing for different patients and which elements of that care are the, are the most effective at improving uh, distress and end-of-life care quality. I, I think that would be a really interesting next step. I want to thank Dr. Garrido for joining me on Voices of EA Research. I hope you found it informative. I'm Erica Spray. Please tune in again. To learn more about the latest in VA research, go to research.va.gov.